You're listening to Travel Bubble with me, Matty Dias. The world's locked down and travelling isn't really an option. So I thought, why not do the next best thing and talk about it? From living all over the world to working as a tour guide, I've seen some amazing places and met some great people. Each week, I'll speak to globetrotters and industry professionals about their travel bubble choices to provide you with post-lockdown inspiration and top travel tips. Hello, welcome to Travel Bubble with me, Matty Dias. I hope you're all well, wherever you are in the world. We've reached episode 9, and this week I have a great guest for you, Joanna Merz from Germany. She's a self-confessed travel addict, and she's one of those people who practices what she preaches. So, one time she was in Botswana, and she was stood looking at a bonfire, and she thought... This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to travel. So she went back to Germany, quit her job and like started traveling the world, basically. And then got a job in traveling and uh, started working as a tour leader. So I think that's a really, she's a really great guest and I'm sure you'll agree. It's a really good episode. So stick around for a couple of minutes time to listen to Joanna. I had some good feedback from episode eight with Nathan Day, the Australian. Bit of a sporty episode, that one. And I reached out to you on social media this week to tell me your favourite sporting events that you've been to involving travel. And Jen from Canada, she said her favourite moment was watching the Russian national hockey team play Slavia Praha in Prague. And knowing how much the Czechs love the hockey, I bet that was a great game. And Darren Lawrenson on Facebook, he said he's, he was lucky enough to be in the world, to see the World Cup final where Zidane uh, did that infamous headbutt. He was at the Champions League final in Istanbul. He's been to the Ryder Cup at the Belfry, cockfighting in Manila and bullfighting in Seville. Uh, so he's definitely, he seems to be one of those travellers that if there's a sporting event somewhere, he'll either travel to it or if he's lucky enough to come across one in the country, he'll go and see it. So I think it's a good opportunity to, it's a good excuse for a holiday. If your team's playing in a country you've never been to. Like it's a really good excuse to go and see them and go and see a new place as well. Stick around to the end to hear what next week's talking topic is, but it has something to do with the title of the episode. Also at the end, we have a new feature. It's all about audience participation. All for audience participation. So basically, I'm going to get people to start submitting their own travel travel bubble choices. I know some people say, oh, I don't really want to come on. I don't feel like I'm well-traveled enough to be a guest, but I really like listening. I really, I really want to get involved. So this is this is the answers that really. So if you've if you're well travelled but you don't want to be a guest, may, I've got a form for you to fill out and you can get in touch and tell me your travel bubble choices and I'll read them out at the end. So this week, uh, lucky enough to have Alex Emery, and he's the host of Travel Talks podcast, and he's kindly submitted his three travel bubble choices and I'll read them out at the end. Travel Talks podcast is another good travel podcast. They have guests on each week and they talk all things travel, basically. So you'll see that um, new feature at the end. And if you do want to get involved, get in touch with me. Also at the end, we'll have the Travel Bowl Film Club, which is the Spanish special. So uh, stick around for that. What else can I tell you in the travel bubble world? Well, this week I spoke to Andy Reid, MBE. And Andy's like an inspirational figure. He um, got blown up by an IED, Improvised Explosive Device, in Afghanistan and lost both his legs and one of his arms. 
and now he's created this foundation called Standing Tall Foundation and it's a really it's a great charity and I'm lucky enough to have him as a guest on Travel Bubble. So he'll be on in episode 10 to stick around for that. We talk about all things accessible travel and Andy's now a motivational speaker, inspirational talker. So he's got some good stories and it was a really fun episode. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on that episode. In the meantime, if you like the podcast, don't forget to give us five-star rating on Apple. Tell your friends, share us on Facebook, share us on Instagram. The more listeners we get, the better it is. Let's expand the travel bubble world. Let's make the travel bubble even bigger. But for now, it's time for my wonderful guest, Joanna Mers. Hello, Joanna. Welcome to Travel Bubble. Hey, Matty. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you doing? Thank you for joining me so early in the morning as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, no problem. Um, yeah. So, where are you, Joanna? Um, I'm here in Germany, um, where I come from. Um, due to the coronavirus, I had to move back to my home country and look for a job. And yeah, now I'm here working, saving money for the next um, travels to come. Yeah. Hopefully soon. So where are, where are you specifically? You were telling me like it's quite a cool like student city, student town. What's it called? Well, um, yeah, I moved here to Tübingen. Um, it's a little town in the south of Germany. Um, it's a student city um, and yeah, packed with young people. Usually there's a lot of stuff going on here, um, but due to the virus, um, we are in the lockdown right now here in Germany. Yeah. And um, unfortunately everything is closed. So yeah, so I'll wait until everything opens again and so, Joanna, why do you think I invited you onto Travel Bubble? <laughs> well, um, I guess I'm a travel addict like you. Um, yeah. I traveled the last four years, kind of, full-time, and until the coronavirus came yeah, yeah. and um, stopped me. Uh, but, yeah, the last years I saw a lot of parts from this beautiful planet and um also like you i'm a travel professional so i worked as a tour leader in europe like you did and um yeah so the whole travel industry um from the other side which is really interesting and really great um i'm really really happy that i had this opportunity um to earn money with what I'm doing. Yeah, getting paid um, to travel yeah. in its yes, purest sense. like the best that can happen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. so where where did uh, you like lead your groups primar- primarily? Um, primarily in Central Europe. So um, Czech Republic, Poland, Slovenia, um, Slovakia, Italy, the Baltic countries like yeah. Lithuania. Um, yeah, that was mostly the area I was working in. Yeah, great. How did you get into tall leading? What what made you want to be like a tall leader? 
Well, um, I always dreamed of, um, yeah, making money with traveling. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I didn't know that it's possible without any studies in um, um, tourism. So when I was on the Galapagos Islands in 2018, I think, um, I was with the company we are working okay, for yeah. now yeah. on a tour. And um, I just told the tour guide, look, you have the best job in the world. I would love to do what you're doing. And he was like, um, yeah, well, why are you not doing it? Just yeah. apply for it. And he showed me the page and there was a job description for Europe and I just applied and yeah. And the rest yeah, is history. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Um, so thank you for coming on. Like You are qualified to be here, so thank you very much for coming on. <laughs> I wanted to ask you a question about your like childhood traveling. You said you've been traveling for like four years. What about those early early years what did you do for like child holidays when you were younger where did you go well um i didn't really travel a lot when i was a child because my parents own a farm and right. there is no holidays yeah. no vacation if you um are a farmer um mm. so the only holidays we had as children were in austria because my mom is austrian and my grandparents lived in Austria, not too far from my hometown, actually. It's yeah. only one hour. Right. Um, but it's in the middle of the mountains and it's yeah. paradise. Uh, okay. And that's where we spend our childhood vacations. And Whereabouts I is that for people? Dream. So people can Google? Um, well, it's in Tyrol. Okay. Which right. is, yeah. Yeah, um, cool. In the north of Austria. Yeah. Right next to the border to Germany. Nice. That's where my um, grandparents lived. Yeah. And so, I always dreamed about further traveling. Like I always wanted to go far, far away um, from Europe. I, I wasn't, I really had this series that I was watching um, every single day where people were. Um, traveling um, for like studying or for au pair and stuff like that. And I always dreamed of doing that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. And then, so, so when did you like, when did you get away then? What, what was your first like big trip? My first big trip outside of Europe. Um, that was to La Réunion. <laughs> Um, it's a tiny island um, close to Mauritius. Right. Okay. Um, it belongs to France. And I had an exchange student there. Um, and I visited him and his girlfriend when I finished my apprenticeship. And I earned, like, the first year I was earning real yeah, money. Yeah. I was like, okay, now I need to do a big, big trip. And I just packed my stuff and I... By myself, I went there um, to visit him, and it was, um, yeah, it was amazing. It's okay. a really beautiful island, um, and there's so much to do, and yeah. That's cool. I like that. So um, I might go go into the travel bubble choices then, Joanna. Are you familiar mm -hmm. with the familiar with the idea 
like three countries oh, yeah. Yeah, the rest of your life yes. great okay so joanna what would be your travel bubble destination number one My first destination would be Botswana. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, this country really changed my life, kind of. And I would, yeah, always go back there. And, um, like, it would never be boring there. So, Why did it change your life? Well, um, I went on a safari through... Botswana, South Africa, Zimbabwe um, in 2017. And Botswana was the first country we went to. And we only had one week there. So it's yeah, kind of weird that a country I didn't see that for that long um, is on that list and is number one. But Botswana is incredible. Um, I, I really love this country. It has such a diverse landscape and well the wildlife is um, amazing so when I was there on the safari every single day I just watched looked out of the window in the bus or yeah stood there in the middle of nowhere staring at the horizon and I thought fuck this is what I want to do my whole life this is exactly what um, life should feel like and um, I decided on the bonfire one night in the Okavango Delta that I'm going to go home quit my job and start traveling the world Um, and that's what I did that's what you did yeah okay (laughs) yes um so were you on like a like a group tour or was it like um like a few different countries I was yeah actually I was with the company um, we work for. Yeah, you, again. You, you love I, you love interacting. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's a great way to travel if you don't have any um, yeah, people that want to travel with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, by then um, my circle of friends wasn't that um, into travel. Yeah, so yeah. I just decided, look, I have to do it myself then. And um, I always wanted to go to Africa. Um, before this trip, I did another one to Namibia, and I loved it. So I booked this safari. It was in sale. It was cheap. And I thought, let's do that. And, um, yeah, I was with a group. I guess it's about 20 people. Yeah. And you are in the overland track, uh, track. Every night you put up your tent and you camp um, in and campsites. Are you all helping to park. cook and stuff like that? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, you cook with the uh, tour leaders and, um, yeah, you have to do the dishes and everything, but it's so much fun because you do it as a group and it's the whole, it makes the whole experience just yeah, like um, complete. Be, before so. being a tour leader, like group travel is something that like I just wouldn't do. It wouldn't even enter my mind to go on one of these like yeah. group trips. But seeing it as a tour leader, it's a really good option of seeing some places. Not everywhere you want to go on a group travel, but like especially places like, like you say, Botswana, Zimbabwe, you don't know the, 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 
the logistics of it. It's really great to be as a group. And in some ways, the group can be better than the holiday itself. Because if you have a really good group, yeah, like it, exactly. it can be, a, it exactly. can like really elevate the experience. Like, yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, that's right. Yeah, and it's just you are alone um it's a really good way to travel in countries that don't have the the infrastructure for backpacking yeah so in Botswana you're in these overland trucks are you seeing like wildlife every time you look out the window or are you going to cities and towns as well I, I can't even imagine that's the thing so Botswana is really unique when it comes to that um because you are on the highway um driving I don't know, for five hours. And you would think, oh my God, this is so boring. I need to download some Netflix episodes or (laughs) I need to read a book or something. Not in Botswana, because you will look out of the window and there will be so many animals. There will be elephants crossing the highway. Yeah, yeah. um, Or just giraffes walking by um, and all this stuff. um, It's amazing. You, You really... Um, see lots of wildlife while you are driving so the highways go through like national parks and you you can literally just like like we might see like uh, a deer on the side of a road well here we wouldn't here we might see a dog on the side of a road or something yeah. like that in Botswana you'll see a giraffe like just casually walking yes. yeah okay. yes exactly where was it you when you decided that this is going to be the rest of your life the delta did you say something well, yes, we went to the Okawanga Delta. Right. Um, we did a camping trip um, into the Delta. So we packed all our stuff. We went on Mokoros, which are tiny boats. Um, and there are some locals, um, yeah, bringing you to a, an island in the middle of the Okavango Delta, and then you set up your tents there. Yeah. Um, there's nothing around you, no city, no no village, nothing close to you, which is amazing when yeah, it yeah. comes to um, stargazing because um, at night it's completely dark and yeah, you no see light the pollution, yeah. sky and yeah, it's like a different world. And yeah, we went there, we camped there for I think two nights. Um, during the day, we went on walking safaris, which is really, really amazing. Um, normally, I only went on safaris by car, but if you walk through the landscape and um, there is a herd of elephants just about, I don't know, 50 to 100 meters from you, that's yeah. an incredible feeling. So you, you, you can be quieter. And like get to like get closer to the animals. Do you feel scared yes, when you're yes. doing like these walking safaris? Well, not exactly. Um, there is a big chance to run into a group of lions, so you are a little <laughs> bit nervous <laughs> about okay. that. Um, but you are with professional um, yeah, yeah. safari guides, and they did this um, thousands of times, and they know exactly what to. Uh, what signs to look for um and they even can smell the animals before yeah. they see them okay. so um you're in good hands and yeah. you are a little bit nervous but not really scared i would say so, so was, yeah. was the safari in botswana was that more was that better 
or different to like South Africa and Zimbabwe? Or well, it's it's hard for safari wise or wildlife wise. Um, there are definitely other countries in Africa that have a bigger amount of animals, like Tanzania, where you have just crazy amounts of wild bees and um, zebras in the Serengeti. But um, Botswana is unique due to the landscape um, it has. It's not completely dry. I went there after the rainy season yeah. in, I think it was April, and the Okavango Delta was full of water. And there were so many elephants. Um, Botswana has the densest um, population of elephants in the world. Okay. Um, and the Okavango Delta was full of them. We, we met so many groups of elephants, and I love elephants. So um, for me, that was amazing to see yeah. so big groups of them. Um, and in this beautiful landscape, on top of that. So it was completely lush green and um, the water and it just, yeah, it was great. That's good. What would you say would be the must do activity in Botswana? What if someone's visiting Bot Botswana for the first time, what would be the top of your list to recommend for them? Well, you need to go into the Hokawanga Delta. Right. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I really, I love this place. Um, you need to go there. Um, if you have the um, opportunity, try to camp in the Delta, um, just to experience um, the Delta by night, because, yeah, it's incredible. You are in, in your tent and you hear the lions, you hear the elephants, the hippos. They are all so close to you. Um, you can hear how they are walking around the camp. There are no fences between you and the animals. Um, yeah. And that's an incredible um, feeling. And on top of the stars. So that's really something you need to do. And of course, if you have um, the money and the opportunity, um, there are flights going over the Okavango Delta. Okay. Um, it's about one hour that you fly and you can see crazy amounts of elephants. Did um, you do that? Yes, I did. It. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, I was thinking about it a lot because there was a lot of money and I'm always on a budget when I travel, but everyone told me you need to do it. It's the experience right. um, that you need to make in Botswana. And it definitely was worth every single cent so. so what sort of plane are you in like a small like Cessna like two-seater plane or is it yeah it was a four-seater four-seater okay yeah that's well cool that sounds fun so that, yes. that that's if you've got the money and the if you've got the cash yes. definitely do that okay yes. <laughs> cool exactly in terms of food have you got any food memories or certain Botswana how do I say Botswana Botswanian Botswanian, I guess, yeah. Botswanian dishes that, that stick out in your mind? Well, yes, there is one particular meal. Um, and I think it's really worth a try. It right. sounds not too inviting. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, I would um, recommend everyone to try Mopane worms. Um, right. It's a caterpillar um, that nice. is picked from the Mopane tree. Yeah. And, um, 
it sounds it sounds delicious yummy <laughs> and it doesn't look too um, inviting if you see them on your dish but especially fried they're really yum like it's just salty crunchy and um, it has lots of protein so it's um, healthy and I really think that insects are something we need to look into if we want to feed the world um, because we are lots of people here on this tiny planet and um, yeah I just think um, it's worthy a try yeah, it's yeah. not as bad as it looks. Is that a common thing? Will, like, will you find that? Will you come across that when you're there? Yes, definitely. You will find it in the supermarkets. You will find it on the streets um, and also in the restaurants. Um, so you can have any kind of um, – they cook it. They um, fry it. They eat it just um, out of a can. In a, It's in a salty, waterish. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to imagine what it was like in the supermarket. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you find it everywhere. Also in um, Zimbabwe and South Africa, it's not like it's a thing in Botswana, but it's a thing in all the countries that have the Mopane trees where this caterpillar lives. So you can find it in the other countries. So it's big business then. Yeah. Like it's a a popular. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is, it is definitely popular there. Yeah. If if you like, you were in your like student town now, and you're in what's a supermarket in Germany? I can't think of a supermarket. Carrefour or I don't know, like any supermarket, and you saw a tin of these worms, would or caterpillars? Mm-hmm. Would you go? Oh, I'll get that for like uh, to try to try again. I miss I it. Yes, I would. If would I you? would find it yeah. here, I would be like. <laughs> Let's show it to my flatmates. Yeah, okay. um, and let's experience it together. No, I, I would do yeah, it. Great. Yeah, great. No, I, I like it. So that's Botswana. Have you got anything else to say about Botswana? Have you got any like any incidents that you had or any funny stories before we move on to your next country? There's lots of things that happened. Um, <laughs> um yeah. It's another story from the Okavango Delta. Um, okay. Is it a good story? It's not really a story. It's um, it's a little bit weird, maybe. people. I don't know what people will think about me after listening to it. But... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go on, tell me. And if it's, if it's really weird, I'll, uh, I'll delete it. Go on. I We had this um, amazing toilet in the Okavango Delta. <laughs> so you are in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing. It's yeah. just an island. There's nothing. Um, and you bring everything with you. So, of course, somewhere you need to go um, to do your business. Yeah. And um, the, the company I was traveling with had the idea of using a camping chair, putting... A, toilet seat on it digging a hole under it and using this as a toilet and um, our guides um, put that on a hill um, so you could look over the landscape around you while you were sitting on this throne Um, and 
yeah, I guess it was the best toilet experience <laughs> I had while traveling. Okay, that, I want to that kind of, I want to start asking that as a question. What's the best toilet experience <laughs> you ever had? <laughs> That's good. No, it's really it's um it's special. No, that's that's amazing. I, I was wondering where you were going to go with it, so I'm glad that it was just literally <laughs> that, that was it. So that's 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 perfect. Thank you very much. So your country number one, Botswana. What would be your travel destination number two? Well, number two would be Canada. Right. Um, I think Canada. This is the first Canada we've got on the on the list. Really? Yes. So um, Canada is number two because, well, it's Canada. Um, it is huge. I I really think you would never get bored in Canada. Yeah. Um, also, it's just it's empty. Like Botswana, it has um, one of the least densely populated it's one of the least densely populated countries in the world so um there is a lot of nature and not a lot of humans and that's exactly what i look for um when i travel yeah yeah. so um yeah canada is amazing um you can do everything there um it has everything you need i would say um it would be also the top destination for me to live in for okay. a while yeah yeah so yeah for me it has really everything um you need in life so when so, yeah, you make it sound great when did you go and what did you like do there like where, like, where, where did you hit um i was in canada in summer 2018 yeah Okay. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and I did a camping trip with my best friend. Oh, nice. Um, we started off in Vancouver, and we did uh, the typically um, circle um, through all the national parks in the west. So, um, especially Jasper and Banff. Um, we did lots of hiking. We saw lots of wildlife. You said that as if we should know, really. But is there like a is there if you're going to Canada, is there like a set like circle like you, people do? Well, yeah, there is this like there is the the big national parks, um, Jasper and Banff. Right. That I think everyone that goes to the west of Canada visits because it's right. it's incredible. Um, they are just beyond beautiful Um, it's yeah incredible crowded too unfortunately especially in the um, in a um, peak season in August Um, but it's yeah it's a must do thing in um, Canada yeah like you're from like South Germany which is also famous for like beautiful like woodland like are you from bavaria is that right yes beautiful like beautiful forests and like beautiful scenery how does that compare to like canada does it compare well uh, not really Mm. bavaria is beautiful um definitely and we have beautiful mountain ranges we have 
forests, we have lakes, we have all that Canada has, but Canada has it just much more beautiful, <laughs> okay. it's much bigger. Like yeah. we don't have glaciers in yeah. Bavaria um, and no glacier lakes with yeah. turquoise blue water. So that's a really big difference. And Canada is just huge and it's empty. You drive hundreds of kilometers and there will be no town, no city. You don't really have this in yeah. um, in Bavaria. You you have a town every five kilometers. Yeah. Um, you don't have this emptiness, this feeling of wilderness. Um, you don't have the animals. You don't have a, a um, bear just crossing the street yeah. while okay. you are on the highway yeah. or a moose um, looking out of the woods. That's <laughs> not happening in Bavaria, unfortunately. I would love it. <laughs> How are you getting about in Canada when you when you're doing these national parks? Do you have to rent a car, or is there certain trips you can go on? Yeah, so we went for the cheapest option we we could think of. We rented a, a family van, and we just told the the company we rented it at to remove the back seats. And then we went to IKEA. We bought a mattress, um, some cutlery, and stuff to cook. And um, that's it. And then okay. we, for six weeks, we traveled around and lived in this little car um, for us. It was that's enough. a great idea. So, like, you don't have to spend the money on the when renting a camper van or anything. You can just literally. Yes, yes, exactly. Really because a camper van, I think, is eight times more yeah, yeah. Um, money. So um, that was really cheap uh, and really cozy um it was good weather when we were there um so we didn't have to spend a lot of time in the car so we just cooked outside and um yeah yeah that was a great idea i like that so what would be your like some of the highlights or or the maybe the the must-do highlight that you'd you'd suggest in canada i guess benf and jasper are the the places to visit um, it, they are incredible um, national parks. They have um, really much wildlife. Um, like you can hear, maybe I'm a lot, a lot into animals and yeah. wildlife. I love to see um, animals in their, um, yeah, in the wild, um, in their natural um, life. And um, you will see bears every single day. Um, and you will see mooses and deers everywhere. It's just, um, it's incredible. I, I didn't ex- exactly expect it that, um, and it's so easy to see, but um, it is, and it's incredible. And the lakes that you have in Banff are, are yeah, they're so beautiful. If you go to Lake Moraine, Right. In Banff National Park, it's one of the most beautiful places I've been to. I think it's it's incredible. The water is just um, yeah. So when you go into these national parks, like is the places where you can like park up and camp, and then like you go hiking, or do you drive in? I, I, I don't. I can't picture it. There are um, camping sites in yeah. the national parks. Yeah. Um. They are not super cheap, 
but there are some really basic campsites that um, are more for the backpacker budget. Yeah. And um, you camp there and during the day you just um, drive out the campsite and you um, yeah, visit lakes, you go for hikes, um, you just drive around and you look for um, some bears and gooses or wolves or whatever you want to see. And, yeah, and, and, you, and yeah. you'll see them. Like from the car, you can see these animals, yeah. Yes, you don't even have to um, exit the car. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't exit the car if you see a bear. <laughs> but um, yeah, you can see everything from the streets. It's it's incredible. Great. So when you're hiking, are you scared or do you have to carry anything in particular when you're going around? Yes, um, you should um, carry a bear spray. It's a really strong pepper spray, which goes, I think it has about three meters that it um, right can reach from you yeah so if you come into a situation where you meet a bear especially grizzly bears i think black bears are not too um aggressive dangerous they not too aggressive yeah they normally disappear when they hear you um but grizzly bears can be kind of dangerous um so they recommend you to rent you can rent this sprays yeah. in the national parks you don't even have to buy them and yet yeah, they recommend you to carry them uh, with you so in case you meet um, a grizzly mother with cups yeah which is a really really dangerous um, situation you can um, try to defend yourself and yeah. scare I, i'd love to away. see like a bear like running 30 miles an hour at you and you've got this three meter yeah. window to spray <laughs> Spray in their face with pepper spray. Exactly. But, I think um, the best thing is to not get into that situation. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it would make you feel better carrying it, probably. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be okay. I've got my like, pepper spray. Yeah. Gives you uh, a, yeah, yeah, a better feeling. Security, and yeah. yeah, you just you just walk and you sing and you talk and um, yeah. So don't you're not surprising the bears them. Won't come. Yeah. They're scared. So. Um, that helps as well. Yeah, so like you know, so they know you're coming, so they can move and go away. You can put music on your phone or get a speaker. I know it spoils the ambience of probably being in the nature, but it stops you getting eaten by a bear, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you'd say if you had to choose between Banff and Jasper, which one would be your choice? I think it would be Banff because oh, it has Lake Moraine, lake. it has Lake Louise, right. it has the lakes um but it's hard to choose and they're right next to each other right. so i i count them as one okay, okay cool <laughs> your food highlight or your food memory of canada well um due to the fact that we were camping most of the time that we spent in canada um you just eat caterpillars really and stuff eat out yes no caterpillars in canada um we didn't really eat out a lot because we were on a budget and we were we were over the budget after i don't know half of the time we had i guess because yeah canada is not the cheapest place to travel um so we tried to cook ourselves for ourselves in the campsites but when we were in quebec 
so in the east of Canada. We went there for whale watching. Um, We had a really nice night out um, in Quebec. It's a really beautiful city, Um, lots of tiny bars. um, And yeah, we really had a fun night. And we always get hungry (laughs) when we are on the way home. We always feel like we need something to eat. Um, So yeah, there you have these um, shops every, I don't know, 20 meters that sell poutine. Yeah, I'm familiar with poutine. poutine. Really, yeah, yeah, popular in uh, the east of Canada. It's fries with cheese chunks in it and um, lots of gravy on top of it. So after a long night out, I think it's the perfect food to put in your stomach before sleeping. So the hangover it's you too hard. It sounds like something that we'd have in my my town anywhere but it's actually <laughs> like chips cheese and gravy but it, it's yes. actually like a, a famous thing in Canada isn't it this poutine yes poutine is really famous um over there so that's something I could recommend definitely. yeah I'd like that so you went to Quebec did you get to any other cities while you were there um Quebec and Toronto yeah. on the east coast how and then they? Vancouver on the west. Quebec is beautiful, right. um, really beautiful. It's um, a really old town, and yeah, the streets are incredible. It doesn't look, it's not what you expect in Canada, to be honest. Um, it's too beautiful to be in <laughs> Northern America. Yeah. It looks really European. Um, okay. It looks like France. Um, and um, has cobblestone streets and yeah old buildings tiny buildings it's not North American at all I would say so that's a really beautiful city and Toronto is a bit like New York I would say I guess it's the New York of Canada Um, it's a huge city lots of um, skyscrapers and um, yeah just a big city but it's beautiful as well and the the waterfalls i forgot the name Niagara Falls. <laughs> are, um yes they are right um next to toronto so oh, okay so if you're gonna go there you'll be there as well yes if you go to toronto you definitely should see the falls but i would say they are completely overrated right. if I'm honest but I've seen <laughs> the Victoria Falls and I've seen the Iguazu Falls so yeah. um, it's really hard to impress me with waterfalls <laughs> um, but they are nice to see you should definitely like look at them yeah and- if you're there you're probably going to go and see them aren't you like just just because yeah, yeah. they are very hyped aren't they yeah they are hyped uh, a lot and I really thought they are one of the biggest waterfalls in the world and I really expected them to be similar to the Victoria Falls yeah. and then we came there and we we're like oh okay that's, oh, that's it right, let's go well that's <laughs> cute let's take a picture <laughs> but yeah it's not the same experience that you have on great so have you got any um, funny uh, stories or strange incidents maybe like uh, any unusual toilets you went on. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Not exactly. Well, we had a lot of beautiful, um, beautiful encounters with bears. We had this um, grizzly mom with her cups um, close to our camping ground in Jasper. And it was just great because every time you came into the camping ground or you drove out of it, you saw the mom and her cups and oh. they, they are really cute. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so I think that's something that really stuck in my um, in my brain. I have lots of good stories from Canada, but I shouldn't tell them. Okay. Good. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Save that for like another podcast then maybe. Um so, so that's your two travel destinations. You've got Botswana, you've got Canada. What would be your travel bubble destination number three? Well, number three was really, really hard to pick for me. Yeah. I, I really struggled and I think I, I I didn't decide until yesterday evening because so yeah, Botswana and Canada were kind of fixed um places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's two places I really could imagine living there. So that's um that was really easy. And the third country I knew it needs to be on my favorite continent, and I would love to be able to say, like, the continent is my country, but I decided to go for Colombia. Right. Very nice. Yes, because South America is the place to be. <laughs> yeah, you've done, I know you've done South America and you've been to like the, I expected you maybe to choose the Galapagos. Well, look, that was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about, I feel so bad for, for Ecuador. Yeah. I know it's stupid, but I feel guilty for not um, choosing Ecuador. I think because they I will be Ecuador. offended. I love the Galapagos. We've got lots of Ecuadorian <laughs> listen- listeners. And, <laughs> yes. yeah, they'll be shouting and, my- <laughs> <laughs> and all my friends that I will send this podcast to, they will be like, why did you not choose Ecuador? Yeah. Um, and you got uh, some good stories as well from the Galapagos. One that sticks in my I mind do. as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they well, are not made for this podcast uh, but why did you choose colombia then well colombia has everything you need in one country right um i really struggled to choose in between um these two countries but i went for colombia because it's it's incredible <laughs> um it has everything it has the caribbean coast um, in the north, it has the Amazon in the south. It has the Andes going, uh, starting um, on the Caribbean coast and going down all the way to Ecuador. And it's just the people and the vibe you have there that is making it a little bit better than Ecuador yeah but it's it's yeah it's not fair to choose between these two countries (laughs) but yeah it's just it's Colombia it has everything you need um it's incredible yeah so how long were you there where where did you go unfortunately I only spent seven weeks in Colombia which is not enough 
not right. enough. And wow. I will come back and I will spend there, I hope, many, many months. Right, so seven weeks isn't long enough. How, how, how long do you need then? Well, to experience all yeah. the country like you should, I would definitely say three months you need yeah. for sure. Right. Best would be six. So, yeah, there's so much stuff to do in Colombia. It's just every place you go, you could stay for sure for a month and you wouldn't get bored. For example, Medellin, um, it's such an incredible city. Um, you can do so much things in and around um, Medellin. And I think you could... You could be there for one month and you would not get bored. You would every day you would have something to do and to experience. Yeah. And yeah, that that is something you have with Colombia in general. And a big plus that Colombia has is the two islands um, that belong to Colombia that lay in the Caribbean. Right. I think this is the reason why I picked Colombia in the end and not Ecuador, because they have these two Caribbean islands. And I've never been to the real Caribbean. I've never been to, um, yeah, Barbados or Jamaica or all these beautiful places that are yeah. still on my list. So this was my first um, Caribbean experience in Colombia. And it's incredible so what, what are them um, islands called so the two islands are called san andres it's the main island it's yeah. the bigger island and providencia which is a tiny island which i recommend to everyone or i kind of don't because i want to have it for yeah, myself yeah, and i don't want it to get too touristy yeah okay um but these two islands are incredible and um, they are quite far from colombia actually do you have to they fly lay- off the coast of Nicaragua. Yeah, you need to fly right. because they are closer to Nicaragua than right. they are to Colombia. And I don't really know how Colombia got um, these two bits yeah. of the Caribbean, but I'm glad they did because um, they are wonderful diving destinations. I'm a diver and another reason why I couldn't choose between Colombia and Ecuador because the diving on the Galapagos is beyond everything I experienced. But also the diving in in the Caribbean was incredible. There are lots of reef sharks there that want to dive with you and beautiful, beautiful corals. And it's not destroyed yet. So um, it's a, a really unique diving experience that you get on Providencia and San Andres. And yeah, right. that was the reason I think why I picked Colombia. How long did you spend on those islands? Is it easy to get between the two or do you need to fly between the two as well? I, I, I've never heard of them really, I don't think. Um, it's not too easy. Um, there is a catamaran going from San Andres to Providencia. So you fly from mainland Colombia to San Andres because San Andres has a big, yeah. big airport. It's not big at all, <laughs> um, but that's the place you can fly um, to from the mainland. And to get to Providencia, you have two two choices. You can go with a catamaran, which is more friendly to the planet, 
but it's I think a four hour ride on the rough sea. Yeah. Like it depends on the day. You can have a quiet day and it will be fine, but you can have a rough day. And I heard from people that I met on Providencia that it can be a horrible, yeah. uh, horrible uh, ride. So um, I decided to go with the plane, which is a tiny, tiny plane. I think it's about 10 people Yeah, um, that fit in that plane. It's 20 minutes of a flight and it's like... It's beautiful to fly because you see the islands yeah. from above, which is um, uh, also really, really beautiful to see. You see the reefs and everything, and it's quicker. So I went for that. I was a little bit scared about the rough sea. No, it sounds fine. And is it is it cheap enough the flight as well? Well, not super budget friendly i think it was about 150 euros to fly yeah like for the return flight from san andres to providencia which is the reason why providencia is not touristy at all yeah because it's kind of expensive to get there i think the catamaran is it's cheaper but it's also still about 100 euros right okay um so that keeps a lot of tourists from going there, which is great because, um, yeah. Keeps away the backpackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, really, the people that go to Providencia, they just go there for diving um, right. because there's nothing else to do. This island is tiny. Um, I think in about 15 minutes, you drive around the whole island okay. with a motorbike. Um, so, it's it's tiny. It has I think three beaches. They are beautiful, but that's the only beaches there. Yeah. And yeah, the only reason you go there initially is to go diving with the right. sharks. And is there like is there a few different dive companies on the island, or is there one in particular that you recommend? There is one particular that I recommend, but I wasn't. Um, prepared for that no no it's okay um, maybe you can tell me after or send me a link and i'll put it in the show yes, notes it's okay yes, that would be great because i love these guys um i had a really great experience diving with them it's felipe diving right okay um and yeah cool. he's great he's, he's a really cool dude um i partied with him as well yeah but he did um a really nice guy and really experienced with the sharks um which is important because especially if you have the first dive with sharks it's great to feel um safe yeah uh, is it dangerous with the reef sharks well <laughs> i wouldn't say it's dangerous at all no there is kind of a special situation in providencia so they have a plague in the water it's a fish called the lionfish. And this fish, they don't really know how it happened. They think it was a flood um, or a hurricane um, that flooded an aquarium in Florida. Yeah. And then this lionfish went into the Caribbean Sea and it spread all over it. And it's a plague nowadays. And it's right. really a problem. So what they do while diving with you they have a harpoon with yeah. them and or a spare um, and they fish this fish so when they see them 
they they kill them and of course um, the blood that gets into the water when you kill these fishes um, attracts the yeah the sharks so when you go into the water there are already a lot of sharks you see them a little bit more far a little bit closer to you depends um and they are super calm and easy going um but of course when you start killing this lionfishes which are everywhere i i think in every dive we did we had 10 to 20 of these lionfishes that we we saw they are everywhere and it's really a big problem there for the yeah, it's like an invasive, um, invasive species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, with every fish you kill, the the sharks come closer, and they yeah. try to get that fish from you spare. Um, but the team of Philippe knows how to to um, work with the sharks, and they give you really well instructions what to do when yeah. the sharks come close. Um, and if you do what they say, you will have the most incredible experience um, because the sharks will come really close. So sometimes you look around to look for your diving buddy. And instead of the buddy, there is a shark next to you, just a meter from you. Yeah, and they, yeah. they, they really don't, they are not interested in you at all. Um, they just uh, think you are a weird, big, black fish with a lot of bubbles yeah yeah um and but they they are not interested in you at all um, yeah. so it's not dangerous it's just um incredible and that sounds you, good so how many yeah. dives did you do there how many how many nights did you stay well <laughs> initially i wanted to stay only four nights um or four days i just wanted to go three days diving and that's it but I just fell in love with the island and um, with the vibe there. It's yeah. how I imagined the Caribbean to be. Um, a lot of Rastafari people. Yeah. Um, and in yeah, due to that, a lot of nice evenings on the beaches with um, live reggae music and, and the diving on top. It was just the perfect package. And oh, I ended great. up staying... I think 11 days. <laughs> I extended twice. I went to the airport and I was like, I need another flight. Can I, can I change? And they were like, yeah, perfectly fine. When do you want to go? And that was the problem because I didn't have to pay a yeah. fee or anything to yeah, change so. my flight. So I was like, okay, then um, it's easy. So I will do it another time. And I decided to stay um, quite long. I did, I think eight days of diving nice. with um, Felipe, which was great. Yeah, That sounds great. Um, so it was hard to leave in the end, but you ended up back in mainland Colombia. So you've mentioned mm -hmm. Medellin. Was there any, anywhere else that you'd, you'd recommend on Colombia mainland? Yes, like everything, but especially Cali. Yeah. Um, if you are into dancing, into salsa, that's the place to be. Um, Cali is the capital of salsa in Colombia. And yeah. um, it's incredible. Every night, it, it's a Monday night. And in Germany, if you go on a Monday night, if you go out, you won't meet a lot of people. You won't have a lot of um, crazy experiences. Um, 
But if you go out in Cali on the Monday night, you feel like it's Saturday yeah, night. Like is even crazier because, yeah. like, it's not to compare. The, the nightlife yeah, in yeah. South America is not to compare with anything else, I would say. Every night of the week, you can have a, have a, like, have a party, basically. Do you like salsa? Are you, are you a salsa dancer? Well, not a good one, <laughs> but I try. <laughs> um, I took lessons in Colombia. Right. Um, it's a really cool thing there that every hostel you go to in Cali does lessons around 6 p.m., 7 p.m. They do a salsa lesson, like two hours. There is a salsa teacher coming into the hostel. You can... Um, train for the evening with them and then you go out with the um, teacher they show you the good bars and places to go to and then there are lots of professionals um, that go there for dancing and you can watch them some evenings are mostly for the yeah the professional dancers so it's more that like a show that you watch them but there are also evenings where everyone is welcome and also tourists which are horrible dancing um salsa (laughs) compared to the locals yeah but kind of easy if you have the right dance partner yeah if you've got Um, a good partner you don't need to know how to dance they just push you in the right direction and um, it's kind of easy to follow if you have a a partner that knows um, how to dance so yeah that whole salsa world is so so strange I had a I had a lady on my tour um, from Switzerland and she loves salsa and then she'll wherever she goes like she'll she'll know that there's a salsa club there or I'm like yeah yeah go to this club to like six in the morning just just dancing yes yes they just love to dance exactly i like drinking maybe i'll I'll go and sit sit somewhere and drink till six but i won't go somewhere and just dance with strangers on like it seems like a way of life yeah it is definitely it's incredible and it gives you a feeling of being alive so much and it's just full of compassion i think the people that that do salsa they they are just completely into it and um, they do it every night and like you said um, 6 a.m is the normal time to to go home maybe it's a little bit too early actually Um, (laughs) the the parties in south america they they don't end at 2 a.m or something no they this is the like the time where where it starts, where the locals come alive and yeah. um, go out, and then you stay and sing, and it's completely normal, and um, it's, it's great. Where did you find the best best nightlife in South America? Where was the best place to go out? Well, in South America, I would recommend, like, there are great places um, everywhere, but my favorite place is Montanita in Ecuador, which... Right. Another thing why it was so hard to choose between Ecuador and Colombia, because, yeah, Montanita is a surfer town um, on the coast of Ecuador. And it's uh, it's an experience I can't describe. You need to to experience it yourself. It's just how how you imagine a surfer town to be lots um a beautiful beach with lots of beautiful people and at night you have um, you can dance all night long 
Um, they have great clubs for salsa, but also for techno, which, um, right. yeah, I'm into too. So uh, there is just a variety of nightlife um, in one little town. It's not a huge uh, city or anything. It's just a little surfer town. Yeah. But this is definitely a great, great place to um, experience the nightlife of South America. But also Medellin. Yeah. Medellin is crazy too. Um, more for yeah, electronic music and techno, but also for salsa. Like salsa you find all over yeah. um, Colombia. But Medellin has great DJs, great. And the nightlife is incredible too. So yeah, Colombia. <laughs> what would be your must-do? must see place best thing to do in colombia it's really hard but i guess the must do thing is diving in providencia i i really think that my number one number two would be dancing all night long in cali and number three would be <laughs> medicine medicine yeah. is incredible oh my god i forgot yes i know my one Thing to do in Colombia, right. okay, <laughs> and that's visiting or watching a football game in Medellin. Right. I'm not a fan of football too. Like I watch football every now and then, but I'm not crazy into yeah. football. And so many people told me you need to go to a football game in Colombia. You need to go there. Like all the the people uh, in other countries, like Peru or yeah. Ecuador, the locals told me if you go to Colombia, you need to watch a game in Medellin. So um, when I went to Medellin, there was um, a game going on, quite a big one actually. It was kind of a a big big derby or whatever right not... yeah big di- like like two local teams or something yeah yes yes um so we went to the supermarket we got some t-shirts like some um yeah like trickles yeah who, to wear for the right um the right team and we got <laughs> some tickets um as well for the place where all the crazy fans are yeah was it easy to get tickets well yeah kind of it we were lucky i think because we we bought them i would say three days in advance um and like the south american people are not planning ahead as much as we do yeah um here in europe so three days ahead is enough time to yeah, get exactly. good tickets yeah. okay. um and we we get got a, a ticket for this particular um, part of the stadium where the the fun happens. Yeah, like the, the ultras, like... Yes, exactly. Um, and I knew football games from from Germany, and I, I knew they are fun, and it's, it's really, yeah, it's a really nice vibe and good experience and everything. But it's not to compare with what I experienced in Colombia. It's it's crazy. These people, they, two hours, they are singing full on, but yeah. full on. They are screaming. They are dancing. They, they, they freak out. They yeah. freak out completely. Um, and yeah, if there is a goal, they, you, yeah. you don't know what's going on around you. And um, it's an experience 
everyone should make when they go to Colombia. Um, it's it's really um, famous for its crazy ultra fans. Did your team win? Yes, it did. Of course, <laughs> it was the much better one. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Yes. Football is serious business over there. I remember back in the old days, like in the days of Escobar, if you didn't win, then you'd be like threats of death. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, it's like life or death over there, literally. They love it. Yes. Yeah. I went to a football game in Brazil. I was in Belo Horizonte. I was like, right, we have to go to a football game in Brazil. And I fell asleep. Uh, like it was... <laughs> It was terrible. No I, I actually fell asleep. Yeah, it was, it was really boring. No way. I I would imagine the yeah. the Brazilian people to be full on yeah. as well. I think it was like just Brazil. I think it was a small small game, and it wasn't that exciting. And yeah, I I just fell asleep. Me, but it was fun to go. Fun to say that I have been. <laughs> and we bought all the shirts and we bought hats and stuff. We were really into it. It was good. <laughs> I can't remember the, ne- the team, the, the team's name, but I'm glad I did it. What would be your food highlight in Colombia? Well, Colombia has incredible food. Um, yeah. It's really hard to pick one. I, I, I thought about it. And I was like, man, there's so much I could talk about. I guess the first thing that comes into mind when you think about Colombia is arepas, um, which are it's hard to describe. Actually, it's it's like the the tortillas, which what the tortillas in Mexico are, are the arepas in um, Colombia. Yeah. So you have it often as a side dish. It's made from cornmeal. It's like a breadish thing, I would say. Yeah. Um, and you can fill, get it filled um, with egg or with cheese or um, sometimes also with sweet fillings. So you can eat it all day long. Um, yeah. It's everywhere in the streets. Um, and it's really simple, but um, really yum. Really and, tasty, yeah. um, Especially on the streets, you get the best arepas. Um, but yeah, there are so many things to 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 eat. Um, if you are in the Caribbean um, or on the Caribbean coast, of course, you need to try um, pescado frito, which is just a fried fish yeah. um, with rice, salad, and um, platano and... Um, arepas and it's yeah. just a mixed dish but it's it's great i don't know what kind of um herbs and stuff they put on this um fish but it's it's really delicious oh, that's good thank you have you got anything else you'd like to say about colombia well i think colombia has a stigma to be dangerous yeah yeah I, from a lot of people um, I heard when I told them, look, I'm going to Colombia. They were like, you go to Colombia. Oh, my God. Like, it's so dangerous and whatever. Um, they were all kind of shocked and they thought she's not going to survive this trip. Um, and in general, I think South America has a stigma as well to be dangerous. And I, I really experienced the complete opposite. I never had any situation i didn't feel safe in in south america in general but also in in 
um, Colombia, it's it's not dangerous. Of course, you need common sense. You need to yeah. um, look after your belongings and yourself, um, and you don't you shouldn't be naive or anything. But it's not dangerous. It's not what you what people think of yeah. um, when they think about Colombia. I think the whole Pablo Escobar thing gave it a bitter bitter taste. Like um, yeah, yeah. yeah the country something to to yeah like, like negative like negative travel. images across the across yes, the world exactly yeah. and um it's not exa- it's not like you imagine it and mm. the people are incredible colombians are so inviting so friendly so helpful um it's incredible because i think they're still happy about tourism which nowadays in many, many countries I've been to is not exactly the case anymore because it's just too much. And I can totally understand it. I've been to so many overcrowded places. And of course, locals just can't enjoy tourism anymore because it comes with some bad sides as well. Um, We we need to be honest about it. Uh, It's hard to admit um, as a travel addict. But of course, traveling not only has great um, sides, but in Colombia, due to the fact that um, tourism is quite new there, if you think about Medellin, Medellin in, in the 2000s was one of the dangerous cities in the world. Yeah. And now, just 15 years later, um, it's one of the most innovative and beautiful cities in South America um, and also in the world. Um, it's incredible. Medellin is, it just changed completely. Is that is that the city with the like cable cars? Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The cable cars that you like, it's like the metro. Yeah. And um, it's, it's great because the Medellin... Uh, is situated in a valley kind of thing. Yeah. So it's surrounded by by mountains and you need the cable cars to get into the areas where people with more low income live. Like and it really helps, yes. It really helps um, to get these people into the city, to get them um, the opportunity to get a job in the city where they can make a living because um, before it was kind of impossible yeah, yeah. for them to get into the the main city because it's two hours by foot. It's a it's and a it's huge just so city. steep, literally yes, going down a mountain. Yeah, exactly. And now they have the the gondolas that go up the hill. It's so um, cool. That. That's really really cool and um, definitely. Um, something to experience there. Um, it gives you a beautiful view yeah, over yeah. um, the city. And yeah, it's just, Medellin is the best example for how this country changed um, in the last 15 years. And nowadays it's it's just really great. Um, the people are amazing and they they are really happy that there are so many tourists that want to see um, Colombia and want yeah. to experience their country um, and that's great to see it's just amazing when you see that the locals are enjoying yeah. um, they're, st- yeah, they're, still, they're still positive like you say yes yes so you've got your three travel countries you've got Botswana you've got Canada 
and you've got Colombia. They're locked in, though you have three travel bubble choices. What would be your fourth wildcard destination? My wildcard destination is India. <laughs> right. India's come up quite a lot um, on this uh, podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, it's on my bucket list for, I don't know, forever already, I guess. Um, I just think it's, it's incredible um, to to experience the culture, to see all these different landscapes. You have the Himalaya in the north and in the south, you have the rainforests. You can do safaris in India. You can see tigers and elephants. Um, you can go diving. I heard from lots of people I met um, by diving that there are incredible yeah. diving spots in India, which are not... Um, yeah, not yeah, known like, at all. Yeah, yeah. India is not when you don't think about it no, um, as a diving um, destination, but yeah. apparently you can, yeah, have great, like, see great reefs, um, huge amounts of um, fish, and um, really healthy reefs, um, which is um, not too easy to find nowadays, unfortunately. So I think just that. India has everything and um, it's so huge. I just, I think you can go there hundreds of times and not be bored. So Yeah, it's a good choice. It's very divisive. So I know a few people have, have chosen India on the podcast so far. And I've also had a few messages of people saying that they, they hate India. And then someone, someone put it on their list of places that they'd never They'd never go back to. It's oh my like, god! Like, so yeah. it's, it's I've not had a more divisive country yet than India. So it's one of those places yeah. where people either fall in love with it or they're the opposite. They hate it. Yeah, I've never been, but it's something that I want to go. There's a new series on BBC called The Serpent. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd watch that if I was you. It's about the this, okay. this like murderer in Bangkok in the seventies. And he spends quite a bit of time in India and they go back to like India in the seventies. And I was thinking to myself, I really need to go to India and just see if I'm one of those people who love it or hate it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah yes, so. yes. But that's true. Yeah. It's true. So many people say you can only hate it or love it. There's nothing yeah. in between. Mm. And, um, <laughs> It's, it's your number four choice, so you'll go there and find out. Yes. I'm sure you would, would love it. Right. I'm sure you would love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm too. I think so, too. Um, just for the food already, I would be in love with it yeah, because yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of Indian food. And um, if it's already so good here in Europe, how amazing. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I would be in India <laughs> itself. So I'm, I'm so curious to experience India and I really hope that it can be ticked off soon. Yeah, great. Um, that's your four travel bubble choices. They're, they're locked in. They're final now. Before you go, Joanna, I'd like to ask you some more generic travel questions, if that's okay. I wanted to ask you, what would be your top travel tip for someone that's about to set out on the open road? 
Well, my top tip, I guess, would be to take it slow, take it easy. Don't put too much um, places on your list. Don't um, over plan. Um, that's what I did in the beginning quite a lot that I I planned so many things and I was like, I need to do this, 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 and this day. And all my days were packed with um, experiences. And there is a, a point where your brain just says, look, that's enough. I, I, yeah. I can't handle more. You just um, have to do a little bit of recovery in between. You can't just um, run around and um, see every day three different um, beautiful places. So yeah. um, that would be my top tip. Take it slow. Don't put too much into, if you only have a few weeks of holiday, just I know you want to see as much as you can, but it's much better to to experience one place completely and soak in all the the culture, the vibes, and just try to get into the local life. And don't be just the tourist taking pictures and um, yeah, trying to get the best Instagram feed. Yeah, um, like rushing around like. Yes, yes, exactly. So that's something I would tell everyone to just take it slow. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, like you, you decided to quit your job and go traveling. What was that like? You, you left Africa, you went back to Germany. Did you quit straight away or did you like, did you work for a couple of years and then save up and then quit? What was your, what was that process like? Um, no. So in, I went to Africa in April, May. I came back in May and I think after five days, I resigned from my job. Yeah. Um, so I really, in in Botswana, I sat there and I was like, okay, this is what you need to do. This is how life should be, how it should feel like. And um, yeah, I just, I, I quit. I think it was maybe... Um, it was a really um, quick decision. I had it in my mind for years already, yeah, yeah. but not really, not really planned. I, I just, I knew I want to travel for nine months or a year, um, one day. But I, I always thought you need so much money. You need to have someone to do it with. Yeah. I think that's um, also something a lot of people think that you need to have a travel partner. I can tell you, you don't need to. Um, traveling by yourself is a lot of fun. Of course, it's great to have someone with you, um, but it needs to be someone you can handle 24 hours a <laughs> yeah. day, which is not easy to find. No, um, no. So um, I'm, I'm lucky I have a friend that I can travel with and it's always great to travel with her. But um, on the other side, I love traveling by myself as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just come home, came home, I quit my job and then I was like, okay, fuck, I need money. <laughs> so I sold everything I have, my car, my furniture, everything I had. I sold it. Um, I, I really tried to get as much money together as possible in this short time because, yeah, I had three months to wait until I could quit. Oh, okay. So I resigned in May and I started to travel in August. 
Right. And I had three months to do everything, to get the vaccines, to get the money, to um, plan a little bit what I want to do. Um, yeah. I, my, my original plan was to just travel for nine months or a year and then come back and live my life. Um, that didn't work out at all mm. because when you start, it's really hard to stop. And um, I ch I completely changed as well. Um, yeah. My life changed completely due to this um, trip I did. Um, and now traveling is my life. And um, so, when you after those three months in August, where did you fly to first? My first destination. Um, completely cliche was Bali right um I went to Bali with a friend um she had holidays because she was studying by that time and she said look um I have five weeks I want to travel um and I was like I'm happy to have someone that joins me in the first weeks um, of traveling because yeah I by then I thought traveling alone is super risky and um yeah, yeah not easy at all so i traveled with her in indonesia um, malaysia and then i carried on and did some more countries in southeast asia um after she went back to germany okay cool that's great yeah. what has been the best souvenir that you've picked up while you've been away um i'm not really someone that buys a lot of souvenirs if yeah. i'm honest um because i try to live minimalistic yeah, yeah um i i'm on the road all the time so yeah, and you, you have to carry it around with you. really yes exactly but um when i was in namibia it was 2016 i think so before my big trip i i went to a wildlife sanctuary and i helped there taking care of the animals okay, um, cool. it was rescued animals that um um, came from Etosha National Park or they just came from farmers that um, should, for example, they shoot um, a cheetah because it was um, attacking the cows. And then after they killed the mother, they found the cups and yeah. they didn't know what to do with them. So then these cups end up in the sanctuary and they take care of it. Oh. So when I was there, there was the, there was a, a guide or a guy he was the nurse for the elephants he he was the the dad of all the elephants and he um in the evenings because you live in the middle of nowhere and yeah. he was far from his family so in the evenings he um, created these animals out of wire that he found he got the wire from all the fences yeah, yeah. Um, so when they repair fences they have a lot of wire left over and he made these animals out of this wire um, they are really beautiful and I um, he made them all for you so you said which animal you want and um, the next day um, he gave them to you a really cool thing to have because i always will think um about this time in namibia when i see them and they're still here in my in my room um so i have an elephant a rhino and a meerkat oh cool have you got one there now i can see yes 
That's cool. I like that. That's amazing. No, <laughs> how he's doing. He just started it as a something to yeah. spend his all the time that he has in the evenings, and now he sells them. I think as well in the lodge that is next to the sanctuary. So, that's cool. Um, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. So my final question: We've been talking about all the good sides and all the good things memories have you ever had any like negative experiences like any close calls or scrapes or run-ins with the police or anything on your travels well <laughs> i had some encounters with the police <laughs> but i'm not sure if we should talk about that here right okay <laughs> well tell me what, what country was the car with the police um that was in chile really? okay. and um yeah we did stuff that we weren't allowed to Unfortunately, uh, right. the police in um, Chile or the policemen were happy to take some gifts in exchange of our freedom. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. um, That's nice of him. I had, yeah, I had a few close calls, but unfortunately, I, I got li- really lucky due to all my travels. I've never been into a dangerous situation or anything okay i'm pretty sure that some taxi drivers ripped me off and on the markets all the people for sure because i i i really feel bad bargaining with people i i really on the market if i'm like oh can i have this a little bit cheaper and they're like no i'm like okay (laughs) like that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Take it. Um, um, so I, I really think so many people had a great time with me because they ripped me <laughs> off completely, and I was perfectly fine with it because yeah, I don't. If you're happy with it, it's okay, isn't yes. it? <laughs> so um, that's the only thing. But I'm, I'm really lucky because I never had any um, situation I didn't feel safe in. Oh, that, great. Which is, which is really great because yeah, I, you've... I heard a lot of stories from other people, of course. Um, yeah, just sometimes some encounters with the police, which ended <laughs> always um, quite uh, friendly and um, okay. Yeah, great. Okay, well, that's that's good. So yeah, it's a good tip if you ever uh, got any problems with the police in Chile, um, you can give them a gift in return for your freedom. That's nice, <laughs> that's nice to know. So, Joanna, thank you very much for coming on Travel Bubble. You've been an amazing guest. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. Thank you for giving me your time, especially early in the morning. I appreciate it. You have been listening to Travel Bubble with me, Matty Dias, and my guest, Joanna Mers. If that doesn't inspire you to just like quit your job or move into a field that you're passionate about, then I don't know what will follow in Joanna's footsteps and go and do something that you love. One thing that I will say, and it's easy to forget, is that some of my guests, English isn't their first language. And it's it's really it's really crazy that they they conduct an interview in the, not even the the native language. I can barely string a sentence together in English, let alone in a second language or a third language. And it really does amaze me. I, I've got my one of my Italian friends on. Um, that'll be, that'll be coming out soon and he said like oh, I've not spoke English for like a year um, I've had no need to and it struck me I was like oh that's mad so they have to listen to my question in English translate it in the head and then 
like coming up with an answer and they're still more eloquent than me so thank you for all my international guests you're amazing as per the episode title this week's listener topic is your best toilet experience we've we've all had toilet experiences abroad and we've been traveling so get in touch tell me your best traveling traveling toilet experience or your worst traveling toilet experience to be honest with you i'm not fussy just get in touch tell me about your toilets all right could be like a mad futuristic japanese robot toilet or it could be a hole in the floor in china just get in touch a bit lonely you see just any any interaction would be nice now it's time for the travel bubble film club travel bubble world film club i forget what i call it either way this week is a spanish special and it's a love letter to the spanish director pedro almodovar Basically, what I'm telling you this week is to go out and watch one of his films because you're not going to be disappointed. I'll give you a few suggestions to kick you off. There's one called Pain and Glory from 2019. That's like a semi-autobiographical film which, um, like, about a film director looking back on his life. There's another one from 1999 called All About My Mother. That's the one that I've watched most recently. And... Again, it's just, like, it's hard to describe his films, but you end up falling in love with all the characters, and it, he, he really is a special director. I'm I'm sad that I've not come across him before, like, only this year, and I, I'm just, I just find myself watching more and more of his films, because he doesn't put a foot wrong, in, as far as I'm concerned. And another one for you is uh, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down, which is from 1989, and it's got a very young Antonio Banderas in, or Tony Flags, as you could call him in English. And he plays this like mental patient who escapes because he really wants to be with this um, girl that he met when he escaped previously. And like his his life's mission is to get this woman to fall in love with him. It sounds mad, doesn't it? But it is really good. And all those films are available on on movie. The um, movie seems to have a lot of Almodovar's films on. Um, so if you do want to watch them and you can't get hold of them, do sign up to movie through my link. You can get a 30-day free trial. So you can watch them Almodovar films and then cancel it. But if you sign up with my link, which is in the show notes, or ask me and I'll send it to you, I get 30-day free as well. So even if you sign up for the free trial, I get the 30 days as well. So even if you just sign up then cancel after your free trial's over i still benefit so thank you for doing that now it's time for my new feature which is the listener participation so i've had people like oh i don't think i'm well traveled enough to be a guest on your podcast like saying all that that kind of thing well this this is your chance you can just write into me your basically your three travel bubble choices in your wild card and i'll read it out at the end so you can feel like you're part of the show without actually committing to being a guest. So do get in touch if you want to do, would like to do that. And this week, I've got like a special guest to do that. It's Alex Emery. And he's a host, like I say, of the Travel Talks podcast. And I'll put a link to both of those, both him and his show, in the show notes. But now I'm going to read out his travel bubble choices. So Alex is from the UK. So that's not included. That's his birth country. But his first travel bubble choice is Portugal. Why? 
He says, Lisbon is my favourite city. I love the colours, the intricate tile work and the architecture is incredible. There's so many sides to it too. I love golf and this is my favourite country to play golf in. Perfect weather, scenic courses, fantastic resorts, what's not to love? The must-do or must-try activity in the country, he says, is visit the time-out market and taste food from all corners of the world cooked to perfection. And his must-eat food recommendation is pastel de natas with a shot of cherry liqueur, ginginia. His travel bubble country number two is the USA. Why? It's basically cheating, he says. It feels like 52 countries in one. Many Americans don't holiday outside the USA and you can easily understand why. Due to its size, the country offers everything and it's so diverse. The must-do activity in the USA? It's impossible to pick just one, he says, but I'd say visit Las Vegas. It's one of the few places on earth that are almost entirely unique. Time is a forgotten concept. I agree with you there, Alex. And the must-eat food in the USA? Alex says, although I didn't love Miami, it is where I visited my favourite restaurant in the world, Pan and Vino, a quaint, idyllic Italian restaurant with pasta being made fresh in a bare window at the front of the restaurant. Order the spinach and ricotta ravioli. It's insane. That's a good recommendation, isn't it? I'll put a link to that restaurant in the show notes. And Alex's travel bubble country number three is Mexico. Why? He says, it contains the place in the world I could always go back to. A resort called Tiades Yucatan. Simply the best hotel I've ever stayed in by such a distance. The must-do activity in Mexico for Alex is visit Chichen Itza. It's my single biggest travel regret not travelling three hours to see one of the wonders of the world. So don't make the same mistake I did. And Alex's must-eat? He says it sounds straight strange to recommend a steak restaurant from Mexico, but Gaucho was where I ate the best steak of my life. And Alex's wild card is New Zealand. Why? Because he loves mountains. And whilst New Zealand is quite a hot country, if you visit at the right time, you could spend the days hiking and witnessing some of the most beautiful natural scenery in the world. That tops my bucket list and will be a country I feel like I could visit endlessly and never complete. So thank you so much, Alex, for taking the time out and uh, giving those those in-depth travel bubble choices. And like, I really like specific recommendations because like now if I go to Miami, I'm going to go to that, that restaurant. You know what I mean? I really like specificity. So thanks Alex for that. And don't forget to check out Alex on Instagram, but more importantly, go and check out Travel Talks podcast as well. I'll put a link in the show notes. So do, do go and check those out. And you could be on next week. So get in touch, submit your travel bubble choices and why, and be a part of the show. I'd love to read out your choices. I really like hearing what people have to say. And like we mentioned in this episode about India, some people love it, some people hate it. If you hate it, tell me about, tell me why you hate it. If you love it, would it be in one of your travel bubble choices? Get in touch and let me know. So that's it for episode nine. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on episode 10 with Andy Reid, MBE. Tell your friends, give me a five-star rating. And get involved, get involved with this show. Thanks so much for listening and a big thank you to Joanna for being our guest this week. See you next time. New episodes every Wednesday. I've been Matty Dias and you've been listening. Thank you.